0: This is What The Flux. I'm Brett And I'm Justin. And it's Tuesday, the 27th of September. Justin, Australians lost more than $11.4 billion on poker machines in a single year. That's according to Monash University's analysis. And get this, around Australia, the average pokies player lost about $2,800. That is very concerning, B-Man. Remember back in the day when convertibles were the cool cars? I do. Roof off, radio (laughs) off. Apparently not anymore. According to S&P Global Mobility, the trajectory of convertibles has been declining steadily Italy since its high in 2006. Wow. Out convertibles in four-wheel drives. Three racy stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first. Costa Group, Australia's largest fresh produce grower, has just seen its CEO step down after just 18 months, and investors did not like the sound (laughs) of this one. The short-term CEO always leaves a bad taste in investor mouths, Brett. Mm. What is the story here? Okay, so Costa Group started way back in the early 1900s as a small fruit shop in Warrnambool, Victoria, Mm -hmm. and then Geelong. Since then, it's grown to become the leading wholesaler of fresh fruit and veggies in Australia. We're talking blueberries, raspberries, Tomatoes, bananas, Hastings. mushrooms, avos, all <laughs> of the good stuff. And B-Man, after almost 100 years as a family-owned business, Costa Group listed on the ASX in 2015. But now, Jazzy boy, just 18 months after its CEO stepped up to the plate, he's resigned. And Costa Group shares plummeted 12% on the news. Just goes to show how important stability is at the top of a company. So what is the key learning here? An investor's toolkit includes analyzing annual reports, mm-hmm. financial statements, mm-hmm. and other public announcements. But a sudden CEO departure is not really a playbook for that one. <laughs> and that's why investors tend to panic and the share price becomes so volatile. You see, investors want to know what it is that the board knows about the company that we don't know. Will changes in leadership change the company's strategy? And most importantly for investors, will the change be good or bad for the company's profit? Hey man, we saw this happen when the CEO of Magellan stepped down suddenly in December 2021 and its shares dropped 6%. We also saw this when the CEO of the Reject Shop suddenly stepped down. That share price plummeted 25%. But now for the cost of the group. Its main job is to focus on how to rebuild trust with its investors. Yep. For our second story, SPAC season is officially over after one of the leaders in the space announced he was closing two massive SPACs after struggling to find any good deals. SPACs are so 2021, Brett. So what is the story? (laughs) All right. So a bit of a reminder. SPAC stands for Special Purpose Acquisition Company, which is pretty much a shell company. It's set up by investors with the sole purpose of raising money and then acquiring or merging with an existing company. Think Virgin Galactic merging with a SPAC to go public. And Brett, SPACs were trending harder than Joe Exotic in 2020. <laughs> it's true. In 2020, SPACs raised $83 US dollars. But I'll do one better. In 2021, SPACs raised more than $160 US dollars. That, my friend, is a whole lot of money that needs to go and find a home. <laughs> now, B-Man, one of the SPAC kings, Chamath Palihapitiya, has announced he's shutting down two of his SPACs worth $1.6 US dollars. Chamath said his SPACs couldn't find merger partners by their two-year deadline. And now, both of his SPACs will return the funds back to the investors. So what is the key learning here? A rising tide floats all boats. And back in 2020 and 2021, the SPAC boats were floating at the top. We saw BuzzFeed merge with a SPAC. We saw WeWork Mm -hmm. merge with a SPAC. And even Virgin Galactic, as mentioned, merged with a SPAC. But Brett, since merging with a SPAC, the average publicly listed company has dropped almost 75% in value. So it kind of makes it hard to convince prospective public companies to merge with a SPAC. But there are still around 600 SPACs that need to find a partner in crime. <laughs> yep, they're still waiting to consummate a marriage with a company. Or in Stranger Things world, they need to find a host for their cash. So it's going to become an interesting time seeing which specs actually survive. <laughs> for our third and final story, Neo, one of the largest electric vehicle companies in the world, has just invested in a small Brisbane-based lithium miner. Bris Vegas delivering the goody-good <laughs> goods, Justin? What's the story? Okay, so Neo is a Chinese electric vehicle company that launched back in 2014. We're talking electric SUVs, mm-hmm. sedans, coupes, and even an electric minivan in Ooh, the works. That'll be interesting and it's a pretty big fish in the EV space. In 2018, it listed on the New York Stock Exchange and it was worth 1.8 billion US dollars. But Jazzy Boy Neo, like many electric vehicle makers, they're desperately trying to source lithium because it needs to produce a hell of a lot of cars. So now, Neo has invested 12 million bucks into a small Australian lithium miner called Greenwing Resources. And their share price boomed 70% yesterday. So What is the key learning here? Desperate Lithium Times call for desperate lithium measures. Rather than just partnering with lithium miners, EV makers are now jumping into bed with miners through significant investments. And uh, it kind of works for both parties. Is that right, Jazzy Boyd? It does. Firstly, it helps the lithium miners accelerate their lithium developments with bags of cash. Which they need because there's a lot more demand for lithium than there is supply. Secondly, car makers see their investment as an opportunity to gain a good return on investment. That's why... Ford recently provided a three hundred million dollar loan to Aussie lithium producer Liontown Resources. Also, Volkswagen invested in a nickel producer in Indonesia, and it's also why Neo is becoming a large shareholder in Green Wing Resources. Mm-hmm. Fluxam, October is nearly upon us, and next month in Flux Academy, we're talking about building your business brain. Balance sheets, profit and loss statements, how the economy impacts a certain industry, but make it fun. <laughs> so if you and your team at work are keen to upskill in this area, there's only one way. It's called Flux at Work. Head to flux.finance slash work to learn more. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.